Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 53, The CMO as a Transformative Force in Business. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. We are dug out of the blizzard. And as always, it's a real pleasure to be together with you again for another episode of Growth Igniter's Radio. And if this is your first time listening out there, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to their next level of success. So Pam, what are we focusing on today? The CMO as a transformative force in business. Now, over the past year, we've seen the increasing trend of C-suites and boards working collaboratively to transform and grow companies, right? right? Well, while there are compelling advantages to doing this, which we've discussed in other episodes of Growth Igniters Radio, It definitely requires a mind shift of everyone. Well, that's right. But this mind shift can be really challenging because these C-suite folks have to not only pay attention to the excellence of their own functional areas, but take on this new, broader business perspective as well. It's one of those patting the head and rubbing the tummy things. That's right. It can be a little challenging. That's right. And that's why we're digging deeper into the new role of the CMO with today's guest, Drew Neiser, founder and CEO of Renegade LLC, the New York-based agency that helps CMOs transform marketing from mere messaging to programs of genuine value. Drew is the author of a new book, The CMO's Periodic Table, A Renegade's Guide to Marketing, that features the insights from 64 marketing luminaries. And this is out of the more than 150 marketing luminaries that he's interviewed over a number of years. He's ranked among 50 thought leaders over 50 in 2015 and 2014 by Brand Quarterly, and is a prolific blogger for a long list of online publications, including Forbes, Fast Company, Social Media Today, CMO.com, and more. You can certainly learn much more about Drew by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 53. Drew, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Hey, thanks, Pam and Scott. It's uh, really great to be with you guys. Let's just start out by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to write that book. Well, it's funny. I, I have had the fortunate opportunity to interview all these CMOs, and, and I can't say it's been entirely selfless. We target CMOs, and in order to get to know them, I started interviewing them about six years ago. And mm-hmm. and I quickly realized, first of all, my heart goes out to these folks because they have about two years in their job to really make a difference, uh, to do something innovative, to have a material impact on the perceptions of their product or service, or they'll lose their job. And, and so they're under the gun. And, and one of the things that occurred to me as I was interviewing all these folks is that each one of them, the really good practitioners, knew how to take 
the certain number of elements that were exactly right for their situation, blend those elements together and put together a successful marketing program. And so from elements, it's easy to make the shift to uh, the periodic table, which we all remember from high school. And I usually right. use that periodic table uh, as a guide to organize um, the book and also the way a CMO has to approach their job. There are basic things that every CMO needs to do and think about. And then there are some all the way to the right, some inspired and what I call inert fundamentals and noble pursuits that the mm -hmm. great ones seem to be able to mix in on top of some of the more tactical elements that are in the middle of my book. So that's you know where uh, the sort of the impetus for the book came from was you know looking at all these interviews and frankly a friend said hey you know there's a book in there so it was you know really both to help me understand and and to help the CMOs and other marketers and and maybe even board members get a better grasp of what modern marketing is all about. Well, that makes a lot of sense, Drew. And building on that, the name of your company is Renegade. Uh, you use the term guerrilla marketing. Your logo, your company's logo was a saw. What are the implications behind all of these symbols that connect to your philosophy of effective marketing? So we've always had the saw as our logo. Let me just start there. And I have a little lapel pin that's a saw, which means that I get into a lot of conversations with carpenters in airports. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the basic notion of, of the saw is, is to cut through. I mean, that is a fundamental imperative that doesn't change over time. But being a renegade is really a mindset. I mean, renegade is a full service agency, but we see traditional advertising as the vehicle of the last resort. Um, we hmm. really want to get a marketer to be thinking about things that they can do versus things that they say. And that's a, that's another big mind shift because for years in the Mad Men area, you just figured out what the line was, right? You came up mm -hmm. with the ad and that was that. Mm -hmm. Now we really say, what's the service that your marketing can provide? And, and I can give you a quick example of sort of quintessential what I'm talking about, a program that Renegade did for 14 years for HSBC, and it was called the Bank Cab. And we took a checkered cab and we painted it red and white. We did a search for the most knowledgeable cab driver in New York City. We found him. It became a big press event. And mm -hmm. then this checkered cab gave free ride to customers for this 14-year period. And the amazing thing is, if you actually got a ride in this cab, you were twice as likely to recommend HSBC and you were twice as loyal. So it was marketing that, that was a service. Um, uh -huh. It also served as a unique outdoor kind of vehicle. Um, but customers love it. The employees of the bank loved it. Um, and it was a wonderful sort of tight program to help New Yorkers realize that, wow, HSBC is, in fact, a knowledgeable a company with, uh, with local knowledge as well as uh, global expertise. So mm -hmm. that's a, just a, an example of marketing as service. And that's a mindset that we really uh, prescribe to brands uh, today. It's, it's very interesting that you're talking about this, Drew, because marketing really has evolved over the years. I mean, uh, just from what we've been saying, it, there's so much more to it in terms of positioning a company in the right way. And you have certainly researched this and have experience. How do you see the CMOs as a transformative force in accelerating business growth based on all that research? Well, I, I do believe that the great CMOs are, in fact, a transformative force, that they 
understand that marketing um, is effectively just about every single touch point that uh, that a, a business has, whether it's their employees or their supply chain or their customers, all of those in effect have an impact on the brand. And mm-hmm. even though the CMO doesn't have control of that, the CMO um, needs to be thinking about this broad basis in order to have, as I said at the very beginning, an innovative impact. Now, let me give you a quick example of a transformative CMO. I've actually interviewed him three times now, a gentleman by the name of Phil Clement, who is the global CMO for a company called Aon. Now, Aon is this giant company in 120 countries that was made up of 400 acquisitions. So you can imagine the mix and challenge that this organization faced just to to come together. So Mm -hmm. Phil really created a, a whole program called Aon United. And, and so there was an external message, but there was also an internal message, right, that we need to come together as a company. Well, t- in order to do this, he also brought in and partnered with Manchester United, which is sort of the New York Yankees of, you know, of football, as they call it in Europe, or soccer. Uh-huh. Right. And this program, after two years, because they did both internal, and it was really important, by the way, the target was both employees as well as customers, uh, actually brought the company together. So at first was a promise and then it became a reality. That's transformative. And, you know, he didn't try to micromanage each of the individual countries, but he did give them the tools that would allow this global campaign to come to life on a local level. So that's the biggest form of transformation when you can bring an entire organization together and, and unite them in, with one vision and, and, and you know, common uh, values. Yes, I would agree with you there. And I think there's a lot more that the entire C-suite and boards need to know. And we're going to talk about that right after the break. So stay with us. And when we come back, we'll speak more with Drew Neiser, founder and CEO of Renegade. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 53, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Drew Neiser, founder and CEO of Renegade, about the transformative potential of the CMO. Drew, how can people find out more about you and about Renegade? Well, uh, thank you for asking that. Uh, uh, you can find us at renegade.com. That's pretty easy. Uh, you can find lots of my interviews and new elements that I keep discovering on thedrewblog.com. And uh, on social media, almost every channel, you will find me at, at Drew Neiser. 
truly the transformative marketer, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, you can access uh, all of this too by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 53, where you can find downloadable resources and other episodes that relate to the C-suite. Getting back to our conversation, what does the rest of the C-suite and the board need to know about the role of the CMO that would enable them to collectively have strategic impact as a company? Well, you know, what I've noticed with boards, and I've talked to a lot of CMOs who actually either are on the board or report to the board on a regular basis, and what they tell me is that the board members actually have no background in marketing. And so they either come to the table with an unrealistic set of expectations that you know every dollar spent will result in $10 of sales, um, mm-hmm. or they have no idea uh, what it can do and can't do. And as a result, they don't ask the right questions, they get into the weeds too early. And so it's a real problem for the CMO, And but I don't, I don't think it's easy. I'm happy to suggest some, some quick fixes. It's funny, I was talking to uh, a CMO last week about this, about the idea of giving the, C- the, the board members a crash course in marketing and letting them understand that, you know, here are like all the elements. For example, I, if I were a CMO, I'd give them all a copy of my book because I think by reading that, suddenly they'd have 64 case histories that they could look at and say, oh, this one might be relevant. Maybe I could at least ask some good question. And then I think the second thing that the board needs to think about is, and really ask the CMO, what are the dependencies? What are the things that for the CMO's marketing campaign to be effective, what else needs to happen? So for example, if you're doing a a campaign where you're talking about service and how great you are, well, the customer service group better be uh, at the table and ready to do it. Or if you're talking about employees and the, their terrific uh, attitude, well, then you better be working with the HR department to make sure you're hiring people that are enthusiastic. And then finally, I think the thing that boards can do is say to the CMO, do you have any pilot tests going? Do you have your 10% of dollars allocated to experimentation because I think the CMO that isn't doing pilot tests is is really at risk uh, because they're not learning, they're not trying new things, they're insufficiently curious. And I think this is where that little renegade mentality could come in is I've got 10%, I'm trying these new things, we're experimenting on channels, we're experimenting with messaging, we're experimenting with various things. And all of this is so easy to test today via digital channels. Okay, great ideas. Now, we've seen that customer-focused marketing is increasingly becoming this driving force. Do you have any specific case studies or, or stories about how you've seen this marketing mindset penetrate across all the functional areas of the companies, as you've been describing? You know, there's so many different stories. I mean, my book is rich with them. I think one of the interesting challenges that I talk about in the book is my interview with Cheryl Atkins-Green, who is the CMO of Mary Kay. They have three and a half million 
independent sales people that their entire company is dependent on. And so what's fascinating is that's the customer for Mary Kay and how mm-hmm. they market. And, and it becomes as much about making sure that the culture, which was founded by Mary Kay, who was really a real person, not only is understood by each of the uh, individuals, but evolves a little bit. And that's been an artful thing that uh, the CMO, Cheryl Atkins Green, has been able to do is find elements in the original culture that would allow her to say, you know what, we need to be thinking about digital, which is, you know, the next generation and Mm -hmm. how that fits in. So I think that's one interesting example of, of a marketer with a very interesting challenge using all the tools from from culture to digital to marketing campaigns to bring this organization together with independent salespeople. Uh-huh. So it's really, as we were saying at the uh, top of the episode, it's a transformation of where the marketer was once upon a time, long way from just ads. Seems like a lot of changes of traditional habits of thought, too. So what do you think really needs to change to enable this to happen throughout the organization? Well, I think there's one thing first is the metrics that companies look at. And and this is one area where uh, I've talked to a lot of CMOs about, and I've actually witnessed it, where there tends to be, and this is an area where the CEO and the CMO are often uh, at disagreement. The CEO is looking for top-line revenue, and, Mm -hmm. and so the CMO translates that into cost per acquisition. And the result of that is a lack of focus on the customers that we want and simply focusing on the cheapest way to acquire any customer, um, which is a race to the bottom. Whereas a, a, a metric like lifetime value, based on your unique value proposition, putting it in front of the right people who actually need that. Um, and so I, I find that the metrics simply reflect a lack of strategy. <laughs> we just want to acquire uh, customers. Well, that's not or- strategy. What about the fact, though, that different parts of the company actually have different issues that they have to measure on? So, for instance, the board is looking at certain metrics. The CEO is being rewarded for certain accomplishing certain goals. What's the resolution? Is there? Well, well, there is. I mean, I think it takes the brave CEO to set metrics that uh, everybody uh, can be aligned with. Uh, one, a number of companies have, you know, gone to net promoter score, for example, and looking at uh, customer satisfaction as the ultimate measure and saying, we're all going to be measured based on how happy our customers are. And that's a very interesting uh, perspective today because your customers, particularly with social media, if your mm-hmm. customers are unhappy, the world's going to know about it. So once you say that everybody is going to be aligned against customer satisfaction, then you can have uh, transformational organizational activity, right? Because we're all pointing here and we'll do whatever it takes to satisfy the customer under the assumption, and it's a proven one, that happy customers equals a uh, successful bottom line. So it's taking that old saw about you get what you measure and saying you better be measuring the right stuff that really gets you what you want. Oh, it's so true. And I, I can't tell you how uh, often uh, I see this. Uh, they're measuring the wrong things. But, you know, there mm-hmm. are enlightened CMOs. And one of the chapters on measurement, Antonio Lucia of, of Visa 
totally gets it. And he says, look, there are three measures. I know that we need to increase usage of visa, but how do we do that? Well, first we need to measure reach and, and uh, awareness is a proxy for that. Second, we measure uh, brand lift. You know, are our customers, what are they thinking about us? Are they using us more or using us less? Um, and then he has a, th a third measure, which at the moment is <laughs> just fleeting. Um, but the point is he's not relying on one and he's gotten everybody to agree that this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and then You'll get, you'll be happy, Mr. CEO, because all these things will be on a line. But it's not. Did the cash register ring as the sole mm -hmm. metric of of marketing? Well, you said something very important, which is that there was a basic agreement. It doesn't matter in some ways if the metric is a great metric if nobody else is agreeing with it. Everybody <laughs> has to be. Everybody has to be aligned, and clearly that's a great example of that actually happening. Well, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Drew Neiser, founder and CEO of Renegade, about some immediately useful ideas for creating a stronger and more effective connection between the CMO and the rest of the C-suite and the board. Stay with us. So, Pam, our listeners may or may not know that Business Advancement Incorporated uh, does speaking at events, conferences, and company offsites. Can you tell our listeners why our clients engage us? Well, they're seeking new insights for dramatically accelerating company transformation and growth. They're also seeking new leadership insights about themselves, their teams, and their organizations so they can make bold new decisions about strategy and implementation. You know, it's been especially rewarding to find that some of our company offsites have resulted in breakthrough decisions that have generated as much as tenfold growth over five years. Very exciting for everyone. Absolutely. So contact us today at businessadvance.com to arrange for a brief call to discuss your needs and options for helping you achieve your most important goals. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Drew Neiser, founder and CEO of Renegade, about what the rest of the C-suite and the board need to know about the transformative role of the CMO. Drew, can you tell us again how people can find out more about you and buy your book? Oh, yes. Well, uh, let's start there. So um, books available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and you can find everything you need to know about it at cmobook.com. And of course, you can find me uh, at uh, on Twitter at drewneiser.com. Same thing on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, <laughs> and All just about every them. other social channel. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, that's great. And of course, you can find out more about Drew and get links to episodes that are related to this topic by going to growthignitersradio.com episode 53. So back to the conversation. We are at the point in our episode where we like to talk about some really tactical kinds of things people can do, right? As soon as they're done listening to put some of these great ideas to work. And of course, we've been talking about some things in the previous segment, but let's, let's focus on just three. What's the first one, Drew? 
So I think the first one is case study sessions. I mean, the CMO should really share some st case studies, not just from the category, because uh, I think it's often helpful to look outside the category, to help mm -hmm. establish common vocabulary and metrics for success so that you can look at this and say, here's what their problem was, here's how they approached it, here are the multiple channels and, and, and strategies, here how it is implemented internally, which is often so important, here's how it was executed uh, externally. So a great learning point. Okay, what else? What's another point? So the second thing is a mind shift to something we call marketing as service. Let's focus less on the tagline and more on the things the org organization can do to educate, enlighten, excite, or entertain prospects and customers. And let me give you a quick example of that. Small Business Saturday from American Express mm -hmm. is a service that has become a movement. It's in its fourth year. It has multiple components. But if you start to think about it, you sort of realize, whoa, that is a very different kind of marketing. And they were looking for a way to help small businesses in between uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, right? And so they mm -hmm. created a day that helps their small business customers grow, calls attention to them. And, and they know that whatever helps small businesses will ultimately help American Express. But that notion of enlightened self-interest, uh, creating a service, uh, is really a profound shift in, in how you think about marketing. Sure. Tell us what else. So th the last area I would say is customer listening. We have an unprecedented situation where your customer or your prospect is talking somewhere in real time and the opportunity to listen to this. I literally want to have the head of social media go into the board and say, here's what people are saying about the leader in the category. Here's what they're saying about us. Here's what they're mm -hmm. saying good. Here's what they're saying bad. And I tell you what, social customer listening has become a profound weapon for a number of companies. I'll give you a quick example. Microsoft launched Windows 10 this year. The social media team went to the product development team and said, hey guys, if you take care of these five things, our number of complaints will drop 80%. So oh, they sure. did those, which is amazing, right? The social yes. team oh, yeah. is yes. informing the product development. And then the social team, after it was in beta, said, hey guys, five more things to fix. Fix that by launch and we will have customer satisfaction through the roof. So getting the board to understand that social isn't just a, you know, a, a loud speaker for you to say what you want, but it's really about listening mm -hmm. and not being a bore at a party, but actually being the life of the party by listening and, and helping uh, your customers in their personal journey. So that's a, a, just an interesting new way that, that is. I think boards are not thinking about today. Yeah. So do you think this is going to be something that's going to take an increasing importance over the next year? I have no doubt. And, and I have a number of, of other folks I've talked to at Hershey. They've, they've been driving product development and tests. And interestingly, they're working on a they discovered that the fans on Twitter wanted a half pound Reese's peanut mm. butter cup, right? So mm -hmm. they took that data. Then they went to a retailer and said, look, there's a social demand for this. How about carrying the product? And then 
uh, Walmart did. And the next thing you know, fans said, well, give us a pound version. And so, <laughs> the, the, right. And so you have this wonderful cycle because then you can go back to the customers who asked for it on social media and say, hey, you asked for it. We got it, and it's now available. So you have uh, social listening as, a, as not only a way of you know, solving customer complaints, but as an opportunity to, uh, to find new product ideas, new service ideas. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. And it's a growing trend. I, I think that's, that's an important thing to recognize. Drew, this has been wonderful. Do you have any final thoughts that you can leave with us with regard to the transformative force of the CMO in accelerating business growth? Well, one of my favorite lines, I think a creative director said that great brands do great things. But let me just share. So Kind Snacks, I had a chance to interview Daniel Lebetsky, who's the founder of Kind. And everything about that brand is about being kind to your body, being kind to people around you. Mm -hmm. This CMO is, you might call him crazy, but he's extraordinary. He'll go on the subway and he does this every day. He'll see a total stranger and he'll hand them two kind bars and say, look, I just saw you doing, giving a chair to someone on the subway. I thank you for that. Here's a kind bar. And by the way, give this other one to someone that you see doing a kind act. It's, it's an extraordinary vision. It's a it company is. with a purpose. He just, they just announced yesterday, they set up a kind foundation and all they want to do with the foundation is support people who are doing kind things. Big, inclusive, outward thinking uh, purpose uh, that yes. uh, I think is, is the kind of thing that will transform uh, any number of businesses who can find that mindset. It's a great example, and we're big fans of Kind. So that's right, and and the purpose-driven company as well. Absolutely. So, Drew, thanks again for being our guest today on Growth Igniter's Radio. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you both. Drew, thanks to you, and thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, read Drew's bio, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 53. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss. What can we collectively do to transform the power of marketing to accelerate our company's growth this year? and in years to come. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.